This episode of the Red and White Podcast is brought to you by Nick Overcash at Prime Lending. If you're in the market for a new home, building a home in a construction loan, or just refinancing, do yourself a favor and reach out to Nick. If you're just now starting to think about your options, talk to Nick. He's got the experience to get you the best solution for your situation. Everybody's situation is unique and you need that experience. He's a PAC fan and we have to support our own. And speaking of, if you mention this podcast, he'll support you by offering you $500 off your closing costs. That's a win for you. That's a win for Nick. That's a win for the podcast. So check out nickovercash.com or call him at 919-854-4457. You can ask him financial questions or just talk to him about Wolfpack football. Either way, he'll be just as happy to talk to you. All right, folks, we're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast, the post-holiday edition. Dustin, hope you had a good holiday. I did. I hope you did as well. hope everybody else did. Yeah, it's been snowy around here, or icy. I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, supposed to be 60 today, so I guess we're back to normal. That was a short winter. Yeah, there's a, a pond outside my apartment that's been frozen over for about two weeks. Uh, enough so that people went out and rode on it and whatnot. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I was kind of hoping they'd fall in, but (laughs) evolution, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? Well, college football season is over. I don't know how many people stay up and watch the game. That was the 8 o'clock start, man, brutal. It was, but if they didn't extend halftime, it'd be a lot better, you know? Oh, dude, halftimes are awful. I was was talking about this last night. I am just anti-halftime. (laughs) <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes I don't even know how long the one was last night just for nonsense like take a 10 minute break at most and come back out in the field let's get this thing going it completely changes some of these games like I, I think you know watching that game last night Georgia was just dominating that first half and the you know the body language and everything was just Georgia's gonna win this game second half completely different they all had to sit around and watch Kendrick Lamar for 30 minutes. <laughs> Awful. Uh, that's part of it, man. You get to make adjustments. I mean, I don't know that you need that long to do it, but <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Um, final AP poll. I'm just going to skip around here on our notes. But final AP poll pack just, just came out a few minutes ago. And NC State's number 23. And ahead of Virginia Tech, so suck it, Coastal, and Virginia Tech fans. But I think we could have been anywhere in that 11 to 25 range. I mean, I've, you're just looking at it, all those teams are about the same. I don't think anybody's that much better or that much worse than anybody else. Uh, the one you just pointed out a second ago before we start recording, South Carolina not being ranked I thought was a bit strange, but maybe it's just because of the, how they ended the season. Wait, didn't they beat so Michigan? Lost. Did they beat Michigan? It was like a big comeback, right? Uh, oh, Michigan, the other way, other way around. I I don't know. Everybody can wait while I look this up. Uh, I swear that Michigan had a big lead, and I think it was the other way around. Who's gonna find it first? Yeah, twenty six nineteen. Twenty six nineteen. South, South Carolina. Carolina. You're right. Yeah. So well, I don't know. I mean, they got spanked by Clemson, so I guess. That's it, but you would think winning that bowl game over Michigan would have put them in. But a win over Michigan's not a big know. thing anymore, though. I'm, you know, <laughs> Harbaugh. I think he's on the hot seat this next year, isn't he? I don't know. I they were talking about giving him a lifetime contract about halfway through this year. Yeah, well, huh. he just needs to get it together. I, I don't know what it is. I don't think he's found his guys yet, and. I don't know. It's been interesting. Uh, the the quick Michigan rumor that I heard um, most recently, and this was before Finley announced he was coming back, which we'll talk about, but if Finley was going pro, that Wilton Spate, who's an NC State legacy, his grandfather or somebody played here a long time ago, uh, Wilton Spate was going to transfer from Michigan to NC State. And I know we were on him early along, you know, back when uh, – Back when he originally committed to Michigan, I just random little note there. I think Michigan's probably using him wrong, but and I think he's not fitting into what Harbaugh wants 
and that's probably why he's he's just struggled. I mean, they can't they can't get an offense going. The defense has been pretty good for the last few years, but offensively they've just been awful. Uh, I don't know. What you got about that game last night? Did you watch it? I did. I, I mean, it was uh, there were a lot of people bitching not wanting the you know SEC on SEC game, but uh, I thought it was a really good game. Hell, I enjoyed it. It was a really good game. I think I I don't know that there's a coach in the country that would make a quarterback change in the national championship like Saban did. Um, I mean that was ballsy. That was very ballsy. Um, Super ballsy. Tua's yeah. good though. I mean he he's he's had he had some playing time this year in garbage time. Uh, threw a pick six against Tennessee, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean he yeah, he sparked. I don't. I, I'm still not sure that it was the quarterback as much as it was the offensive play calling in the first half. But yeah. Either way, I, I, apparently they didn't feel comfortable trying to throw the ball with Jalen Hurts. But, um, yeah, that kid's going to be really good. And it's uh, – he is, He's going to be good. I mean, you look at them and they're going to have better quarterback play next year because there's no way Hurts gets to start again. Um, Man, I, that's I, tough, I, man. Hurts was – he was SEC I mean, Offensive Player of the he, Year last year. I mean, basically, he's a running back at quarterback, though. I think that's the problem. And I don't know if uh, – I guess I wasn't paying that much – that close of attention to, to nitpick the Alabama play calling. And, I, you know, I don't know Alabama that well. But I don't know if it was play calling. I just think that offense has been like that all year. I have watched them quite a bit just because they're always on TV. But – you know, and I just don't think they're that dynamic of an offense. And and George is actually a you know a pretty good defense, and I think that gave him a little bit of trouble when you're kind of one dimensional and you just sit back there and you know they know what they're going to try to do, and it's going to be RPOs to Jalen Hurts, and he's going to take it and run seventy five percent of the time. And I, I don't think that was good enough. So I I can't believe he made that change. I can't believe he made that change when he did in the national title game, but he did it, man. That's, and that's like you said on Twitter, that's why he's the greatest. Yeah. Do, do you know who said or, or talked about a, a quarterback change on Twitter right after the first half? Who was that? It was me, the prophet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll touch on the, the prophet later, but the, the play calling and quarterback versus quarterback, uh, Schertz was three for eight in the first half. So they only attempted eight passes. Second half, two of 14 for 24. Now, that's situational, them being down, and they want to be the power, run the ball type team. But they needed to call some passes before then, and it wouldn't have been as close as it was last night in overtime, you know? You know, that's one of those stats that I think it's a little bit blown out of proportion because Alabama strictly – well, not strictly, but the majority of their plays are are RPOs. So Jalen Hurts is making that call whether or not they're going to run or throw. And – he's going to default to running because that's what he's really good at. Yeah, and if you don't have a quarterback that's comfortable, if, if that's on him, if he's not comfortable to make the right call, then they got to get him out, you know? Yeah, and that's what they did. But I don't I don't know if it was play calling. I think it was his judgment is what which has kind of pigeonholed Alabama's offense. They give him the option for that, but they can also stress which way it's supposed to lean. I'm sure, and yeah, I'm sure. But they, they could have. Because it was the same situation with Tua. I mean, he he's he gets the same you know kind of freedom when he's in there, but he made the right calls. Right. He he passed, and they they if they were going to leave Jalen in that long, they had to have a talk with him or something. But I'm not sure that they wanted him to throw, because even the when Saban came out after half, I don't know. He said, you know, we feel more comfortable with Tua throwing the ball, so that's why he's in. I was really impressed with Tua's pocket presence. I mean. The way he moved around and kind of bought extra time for his wide receivers, I, I was really impressed with that. And it wasn't just scrambling, but j- just moving around, getting getting the throwing lane and opening those plays up. And I think that's something that Hurts probably doesn't do very well. If you're Hurts, do you transfer? Um, That's tough, man. Uh, I don't know where he would fit in well other than an SEC team. Um, And he's not going to be able to transfer there. And his arm isn't great. I mean, that's – I wouldn't be surprised if he stays and they figure out a way to get him on the field other than the quarterback position. Right. I mean, that 
that might be his best scenario, but he's been there two years. Do you want to really want to transfer and sit out a year now? You know, he is, this is weird. This is going to be a weird statement. He is exactly what Dave Dorn wants in a quarterback. I think Dave Dorn wants a guy who's going to run it and pound it and, you know, just be, take the beating and, and running the ball, you know, Jordan Lynch style. I, I think that's what he needs to go somewhere where yeah, they, they're comfortable with that. And that's what they want to do. I think he could, he could find a place, but I doubt he leaves Alabama. I don't know why he oh, would. I, Other than playing that. Time. And he showed a lot of maturity, the way he handled it, even, you know, during the game. After yeah. The game, he was, so. I was impressed. Yeah. He wasn't pouting at all. But the, you know, they were down and he got pulled, you know, and he was still, you know, smiling and hanging around the quarterbacks and that, I don't know. That was that was impressive to me. How about Tua taking that sack in overtime, and then just coming out and slinging oh. it after that? I mean, that I just—I mean, that's a set of nuts, you know. So that's all I got left to say about him. That was uh, that was not a true freshman who's getting the most play time that he's had all year type of play. The the interception he threw before that was the freshman in him. That throw at the end of the game, I mean, that was just that was a thing of beauty, man. That was a rope right on the target in the stride. Oh. And that's yeah. the I mean, that the nuts. first half, Jalen Hurts overthrew a guy wide open in the end zone, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah. It's what you get. Anyway. Yeah, last week we talked Georgia football. This week now we're yeah. on Bama football. Well, it's a championship. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's over. <laughs> no more football for a while now, so Oh so anyway, sad. how did your uh how well did you pick the playoff? <laughs> oh god, it was awful. That was so bad. Thankfully, I forgot to bet on most of those games. I wasn't really paying attention, and I didn't. I, I did get the over last night as my uh, kind of my opposite pick with for no rhyme or reason. I told Dustin to take I was the over. so pissed off. I I, I picked the semi per, semifinal perfectly. I picked the championship game perfectly, down to how much Alabama would win by with Georgia still covering. And if Georgia or if Alabama had made the field goal at the end of regulation, I would have got the under. But instead, you know, yeah. overtime happens. So I was a missed field goal away from being a, a have a perfect run in the playoff. But that that's why they call me the prophet, you know. So no one calls me that other than myself. But <laughs> I will say that I I'm happy that Alabama won for one reason, and it's that kicker. I would have felt miserable if he missed that kick and they end up losing. I just, I don't know what it is, but that just always like yeah, that would have gut wrenching, uh, especially missing two. <laughs> especially, I mean, especially yeah. in Alabama. I mean, you know, Bambard takes heat in Raleigh. Imagine what happens for those. Yeah, he might, in he may have transferred after that. That that might have been uh, for safety yeah, he reasons. But yeah, absolutely. Anyway, finish up football state bowl game. Yeah, state bowl game state. Beats the crap out of Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State came a little close to the end. Uh, it was uh, basically against the the second team, though. I, I was impressed, man. I, the guys were prepared, and, and that's been the trend for David Dorn, at least in on, at least in the bowl games, is that they've been prepared. They've been ready to play. They've had a good game plan. I thought Drink called an off off awesome game. Hines was Hines. I mean. I don't know what you can say. It was it was fantastic. I have no problem with Chubb sitting out. I know that was the topic of conversation. It gives the other guys a chance to play, and, and Chubb was engaged. Nobody seems to, you know, they didn't seem to care that he wasn't there. They knew they playing. could win without him, too. I think that was a big reason why he sat out. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of feel Arizona State was semi-checked out, given the coaching turmoil. You know, we talked about that beforehand with the lame duck coach, which is really strange. I, I don't know. I, I was happy with it, man. I thought Finley looked really good. He was really under control. And you could see why everybody why there's he's starting to build a little bit of hype about him and why people were concerned that he was gonna go pro because you know, he had that look of a, a quarterback that could succeed in the NFL. He's tall, under control, he's making smart decisions, and he got a lot of attention from that game from people who are watching and I had, you know, random text messages from non-state fans like, man, that quarterback, right. he's something else. And, you know, you look at the numbers and he's on pace to do 
you know, be second to none. I mean, he might not catch Phil Rivers, but, you know, Phil played four years every game. And, you know, Finley's putting up hell of numbers. I don't know. What do you think of the ball game? Uh, when is expected. Um, if it had been close, I would have been pissed yeah. off. Uh, I mean, you said something about, you know, typical with Dorn and bowl games. Like, the only game that's really been bad is the Mississippi State game. And, yeah. And, and that was a tough matchup. Yeah. And bad weather, you know, the guy that's good enough to start start a quarterback for the Cowboys. So, um, yeah. He was like a once-in-a-generation player. So, uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, like you said, yeah. bowl games are going pretty well. This one was um, a, a weird situation. So, uh, we should have won. We did. It's time to uh, look forward to to next year. With Finley back, we should have a strong year, maybe. Um, a lot to replace, but what's your uh, – we'll end football on this. What's your uh, guess on the win total next year? I think the, the offense next year is going to be really good. Uh, I'm going to assume Hines comes back because he should come back, and I think he will. And I, I, I suspect they might slide him into the kind of Jalen Samuels role, doing a little bit of everything. But I think the offense, I mean, you got a glimpse of what the offense could do this year. I mean, do next year in that bowl game. I mean, they put up 52 points without really trying right. in that second half. I mean that was that was you know a clinic and Harmon and all these guys are coming back and Finley coming back and uh, you know the pieces for the offense will be there and you add in another uh, you know potential running back Ricky Person you know I think he might get some some run I think the offense can be really good so I I don't know I don't even know what the schedule is I'll say eight wins probably being conservative is that counting a bowl or no, not counting the ball game. Um, I, I would say nine wins. I think if you, I'm just gonna pull the schedule up while we're here. 2018. Uh, JMU at home. That's tough. That's a tough game. They're really good. I'm not sure what they're losing and whatnot. Uh, Georgia State. Georgia State. Uh, West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia's here, so that's a good one. And then at Marshall. Uh, that could be an interesting game. Again, Pac plays better on the road, so I'm not so concerned about that. The home ACC games are Boston College, FSU, Wake Forest, and then cross division is Virginia, Clemson, Louisville, Syracuse, North Carolina. To be honest, I don't see any of those games that say, hey, we can't win. I would suspect Florida State's going to be better under Taggart, but you really don't know what, what are they can do at quarterback. Clemson. Clemson's got to get a little bit more. Um, then they're, they're kind of one-dimensional on offense. They might lose a lot on defense. They still sign. You know, the recruiting classes are ridiculous. So it's hard to say. But we play them well historically, you know. Although it's on the road, so we'll probably count that as a loss. Somebody asked about Louisville. We'll get into that a little bit later. I don't know. I'll say with eight wins, nine with the bowl game. It's reasonable. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, with a bowl win, we get to eight. Uh, I don't I don't see that this team can yeah, be better. It's, it's hard this, to tell right now. Or next year's team can be better than this one. I'm not sure. Um, I think Florida State takes a step back up. Uh, Francois will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh that Taggart offense could could pose us a few problems, not knowing it well. Um, and Clemson's just got our right. number. I, I don't know. I, I don't expect us to go there and get a win. So um, uh, we'll sure. see. I, I would go seven regular, eight with a win, um, which would be slightly disappointing after this year, yeah. I guess. But eh, just an initial guess. We'll get it, get it in you know six months. Get into that more. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, my thinking my thinking is the offense is going to be really good. Um, Finley's going to be the best quarterback coming back in the, the league next year. And I think that just kind of outlines what the offense could be. I mean, arguably you can make a case that Hines will be the best back coming back to next year and Harmon the best wide receiver coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, th- those are realistic statements. 
realistic right. arguments at least. And um, I'm coming around. <laughs> this is this is a weird kind of diversion, but my, my way of thinking has changed over the years. From I'm not as concerned about the defense. And the reason being is that as long as the defense doesn't give up, you know, constantly give up big plays, I think it's just too easy to score in college offenses right now that that you don't have to have a, a shutout to win games, right? I think the offenses are gonna what's are gonna dictate success. And I think our offense is gonna be really good. So that's what I'm that's where I'm thinking. That's why I'm I'm giving us the benefit of the doubt. We'll we could be on par with this season. All right, well, that uh, brings football to an end. Oh, so sad. Uh, all right, we'll be back really with uh, diving into a bipolar basketball team. <laughs> Picture this. Your buddy's a Falcons fan. You're a Panthers fan. You go to trashtalktext.com and once a day for two weeks at a random time, he gets a text reminding him, the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. That's quality entertainment. Check out TrashTalkText.com and send your friends anonymous trash talk about their favorite team. As always, if you're interested in learning more about sponsoring the podcast or our sponsors themselves, check out RedAndWhitePodcast.com slash sponsors. All right, folks, it's basketball time. As Dustin said, this team is bipolar. <laughs> We've talked about it and said that's what it was going to be, though. So It, it is. It's exactly what we said this year. Lose, we're going to lose some games that we probably shouldn't, and we're going to win some games that we probably shouldn't. And that's basically what's happened right now. Lost to Clemson, didn't play well, got spanked at Notre Dame, even though they're without their two best players. And then come home and beat Duke. And that Duke game wasn't a fluke. They actually... Outplayed Duke, and yeah. I, I don't know. What do you got? I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. It's such, it's I, so I mean, um, I mean that's that was a career game out of out of yurt. You know that oh, so that kind of came out of nowhere. That helped a lot. Um, everybody played well. Beverly played well to be a you know true freshman in your first game against Duke, and you you know have uh, that kind of game. I mean, we had good point guard play from starting and bench position. So, um, it just kind of all came together. I mean, I wouldn't expect that to be a normal thing. I mean, uh, but they showed what they can do if they play the right way. I I don't know what else to say other than, uh, Al Freeman, not running the offense through him allowed us to win, you know? I think the key, not even running the offense through him, but not making him feel like he had to be the offense. I'm okay with him. He so he was everybody's pointing out he's been four four for twelve in that game, but he took good shots. He wasn't forcing things up. He was getting to the line, you know, those sorts of things. And I think the key, and I tweeted this out after the game that I, I'm really. I was really impressed by the coaching job that Keats did reining him in because it could have gone off the rails with, you know, Freeman taking 20, 30 shots a game as he was in those, in the losses versus, you know, he took 12 shots kind of under control, played within the system and, and got the balls to the big guys. We've said this all year. This team is not a great shooting team. So you got to go with your bigs. You got And when you have, you know, Omer and Lennard and Abu playing really well and playing really efficient. Getting them the ball was just so clutch. Right. Uh, they just need to keep doing that. See, I think Keats did a good job getting him under... I think he did a good job getting him under wraps there. But I also feel like this was an obvious problem going back to the Greensboro game. Freeman shooting too much. And it should have been, you know... Rain back before the Duke game, but um, I mean, I'm glad it happened then. But uh, my buddy sent me stats that he just sat down and nerded out on pre Duke. Um, so Duke game not included in these. Uh, Al Freeman had shot the ball 71 more times than Torn Dorn, but Dorn had three more made baskets. You figure out that percentage, uh. 
Omir had 90 fewer shots, same amount of field goals made. You know, I get that he's an inside shooter, but he took high percentage shots, and that's what Freeman had to do. Um, yeah. You know, Lenard Freeman, much fewer shot, shot, I don't know the exact number, but only six fewer baskets. Stat-wise, he's shot 27% in losses, 39% in wins. And the five games pre-Duke, he shot 32%. So it was kind of, if he was on, we could win. If he's off, we lose. And uh, he's shooting 76% from the line, so that that's not bad. That's good. But uh, that Duke game, does that's not a win if he goes and takes 20, 25 shots. And it's that simple. Well, in that Duke game, he was also he did he was four for twelve, so he thirty percent, and so that's you know it's right in line with what he is. I'm not going to hate him. The guy shooting, uh, you know, twelve, fifteen shots. I think that's fine. When he's shooting, I think they had a game where he shot twenty some yeah. shots. That's that's a lot, especially when they're not going in. And anybody's played basketball, and there's those guys that shoot a lot, and you know I'm one of them. When I when I play, I shoot a lot. Right, it's just one of those things you do if you feel like you're gonna make them all. And I think he's got that mentality, but Keith being able to rein him in, you know, I think we're starting to see that, and hopefully that continues. Otherwise, you know, again, we're gonna see the the pattern we talked about where it's going the wrong the wrong direction. Right. But if he plays within that system, he can take twelve shots, you know, and I'm okay with him shooting thirty percent. That's what he's gonna do. Because his game is still, like you said, getting to the line, getting inside, and, and making other things happen. And, and to be honest, he's probably one of our better three-point shooters. So, you know, take the shots. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be hard for us to to spread the floor and get those big guys in, you know, that involved in the game. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there. But he's got to shoot, maybe not shoot as much. And he's got to know when he's not playing well that he's got to give the ball up. I think that's probably the biggest part. It's situational. And and I'm good with the 12 shots too. That's fine. But you have to know. Yeah. If you're not, if they're not going in, don't take more than 12 shots. You know, it might take 12 shots to figure that out. That's the problem. You can't keep with that shooter shoot mentality if it's not working. So. That's exactly right. You got to know when to put it in the holster for sure. Other than that, big game against Clemson for you know the second time in a couple of weeks now. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. Clemson's good. Brown, Brad Brownell finally getting it together. So, uh, you know that'd be a big win. <laughs> they have Virginia after that. So, uh, you get two games out of those first five. I, I suppose that's all right. Um, I, I don't think this is a tourney team. I don't think it's fair to expect them to be really. Uh, I think the NIT is acceptable. Shout out NIT Stan. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I think that's kind of what I expected. I don't think it's out of the question. I think it would be a nice bonus. The out of conference schedule is really going to hurt us. And then, but uh, you know, when they beating Arizona, beating Duke, and assuming you don't go. You know, four and twelve in the conference or whatever the number's going to be. I think that gives them a shot of having quality wins, but you you got to win some more games. I mean, that's what it comes down to. If they're they win seven more games, then they get to eighteen, and that's with seven conference wins yeah. or eight conference wins. There might be an argument there, but it's going to be tough, and I, it might be hard to get those seven seven more wins too. Um, but, I, you know, overall, you know, the better Coach K was ours Saturday. So That was great. It was, it was really – I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed seeing our guys, like our backcourt, play better than their backcourt. Duke gets out there and just starts chucking threes, and when they have a team that's not really a good three-point shooting team. Yeah. Really yeah, I, I really did hate to see Grayson Allen have a bad game, too. That just broke my heart. Especially with Tay calling him out. Yeah, he did. It was weird. He was super yeah. passive. Super passive. Anyway, we'll uh, yeah, we'll focus more on basketball uh, after this week. Now the football is done. But um, yeah, it's gonna be. I don't know. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you how it'll end. So I, I love watching. Uh, you know, and 
for those who don't know, I'm sure most state fans who are listening to this probably know, um, the guy, Taylor Adams, who did uh, the one series on YouTube for uh, football is doing Hustle for the basketball, and I think it's really good. I think everybody should watch it. And it kind of goes through the uh, the emotions there uh, of these games. And you know, I really like Kevin Keats after the game. And somebody pointed, pointed out to us on Twitter that after the game, you know, everybody was, is still jacked up. And he's still, he's got, he's got his stats in his hand and he's still like coaching. He's like, hey guys, this is, you know, we share the ball, you do these things. And, you know, you start rattling off stats. And this is why you win. And, you know, so he's coaching the whole time. And I, I really like that. I think it's, it was, it's really well done. Again, they need to extend this. Don't bring back the old culture show. This is, this is much better. Uh, we got a few questions from the people. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag here. Michael C., I'll ask you this one. Louisville without Lamar Jackson next year, how good or how bad will they be? He seemed to be their entire offense. Very bad. Um, I think I, uh, I forget the number. I saw it in their, during their bowl game, but Petrino's record at Louisville against ranked teams is absolutely awful. Um, and that's with Lamar Jackson. So I can't, um, I'm not a believer in Petrino. I know you had more faith in him than me from the Arkansas stint, but I just don't see it other than he got lucky in getting Lamar Jackson to come to Louisville. I mean, think about what the past yeah. three years would have been there if they didn't have him. I just, yeah. I, I just don't see it, man. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, he, he's a once in a lifetime talent, and they pissed it away. It doesn't <laughs> normally go well when you try to replace that guy. No. So, uh, assume all the assistant football coaches are staying another year. As far as I know, I've heard some chatter. I think it's probably died down by now. I don't even know if they've hired him, but Florida's going after Kevin Patrick, uh, the defensive line coach. He's a, a Florida guy. I think he's from Miami. And so I think they were trying to – they are making a run to him, but they had other guys on their list, so I'm not sure if, what happened there. Uh, so I don't think so. I was, I'm was i a bit surprised. I thought some teams would come after Drink. I, I would assume the dust has settled from the coaching changes now that signing day is gone and the balls are over, but – you know, we may still see some movement, but I don't suspect us to be involved right now, which is probably a good thing. On the uh, assistant coaching deal, I don't know if you remember um, Drew Hughes that was at State. Yeah, yeah. And went to left to go to Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Went to work with Muschamp and then stayed after Muschamp left. Uh, but Tennessee just hired him, so he's just uh, staying around the southeast. But uh, doing well, big recruiter for Florida. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we were going to have trouble. I, I, I'm just saying but the SEC would have been coming for him, whether it was Florida or not. So uh, just interesting right. to see how guys' careers progress, leaving here to Florida and then leaving Florida for a rival. But. If I'm not mistaken, Hughes was the one responsible for NC State needs ballers, you equal baller, written on the picture that got I hope tweeted so. around for a while. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure that was him. <laughs> um, so, good good luck to Tennessee there. Yeah. Um, NIT stand. Bacon? Question mark. Of course, always bacon. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of bacon. Never had a problem with it. Pro bacon. <laughs> this is a pro bacon podcast. Yeah. Port Patrol, man. That's what state's about. <laughs> Although, Nisa's sausage is, is underrated for breakfast meats. Nisa's is so good. good. There's a local in uh, Bass Farm around here. That was pretty yeah. good, too. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah. now that we discussed our poor. Uh, underrated, yeah. <laughs> underrated podcast. Question, is Pack Nation okay giving Keats seven to ten years to get the program to a solid place? I'm okay losing the crap games for now, but if we play down to the... This was before Duke game, too. Uh, play, if if it will play off down the road, or pay off down the road, I guess you got a typo. At some point, when you got to buy into a coach for the long haul, hope it works out. See, I don't think any... I don't think anybody's thinking any different. I don't think the program's unstable. We've had a pretty good run the last few years. I think elevating it is probably the word I'd, I'd look for in regards to where the basketball program can be. And I would, So far, Keith hasn't done anything on or off the court to 
suggests that State fans would be unhappy otherwise. I mean, I think he's been a, a refreshing breath of fresh air on, on a lot of matters, uh, especially with the product he's putting on the court. So seven to ten years, sure. Sign him up now, and I'll be fine with that. Seven to ten years is a long time. Dude, Herb got ten years. Yeah, and he took us to the tournament almost every year. <laughs> I'm I mean, saying I, it, I think you you have to you do a, a first real evaluation maybe at the end of year three. Like sure. his third team should be making the tournament, um, and then it should you know be a consistent tournament team from there on out. I'm not saying we should win a national title, but state basketball has history. It should be in the tournament every year. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, but. It, Seven to ten, no. I think if it's if there's a problem after year five, you really got to start evaluating it. Um, I think that's fair. I, there will be some things that'll will stand out. Uh, I was just saying, as of now, there's nothing that would tell me otherwise. No, I feel comfortable yeah. with where it's at. So. Yeah, recruiting has to keep going well. You know, all these things have to keep going well. You're assuming you don't have any of these red flags popping up, so. And I agree, and I think that was the the underlying thought with Dave Dorn extension and and all that jazz uh, is is stability, and we're finally starting to get some of that in our athletic departments. And you've seen, I think we were number nine in the Directors Cup. You know, that's the highest we've ever been, highest of any of the ACC schools. So stability in all these positions and good hires is important and got to give credit to Debbie Al she, what she's doing. Yeah, and it's baffling to me the amount of people that still bitch and moan about her when Dude, when have we been in a better spot, you know? It, it's such bullshit and the the people that do it are still part of that you know, Bobby Purcell should have had this job you know, group. It's, it, it's still there, it's still that underlying faction of people that are oh she's bad for this job you, you don't know and i just don't buy it i really don't buy it i think our programs are almost all universally better than where they were numbers don't lie man yeah <laughs> for sure it's that simple i mean it goes it goes down to women's volleyball i mean they've never made the ncaa tournament they made the second round this year like little things like that i mean it's, it trickles all the way down and i I think she's fun, man. I, I'm, I've been really happy where she's the best athlete we've had in 30 years at least. Yeah. F- you know, following some leadership. Uh, speaking of, uh, I want to make sure we get this in, and I'll let you talk about it. You tweeted at Debbie Al. Let's talk about Carolina. I'll set it up a little bit. Carolina is removing how many thousand seats from their stadium, football stadium? Close to 10, isn't it, I think? 10,000 seats. Close thing, yeah. How are they going to tell me that they had 60,000 at their spring game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know that they had 60,000 there really all, all year. year. Did they? I have no idea. Maybe against us? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure one of their school colors is aluminum. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a smart call for them because they're, what, putting seatbacks in as opposed to just bleacher seats and then charging $6 more a ticket. Uh, I'm not sure that you increase the amount of people coming by charging more for the tickets, but it also helps eliminate some of that, you know, empty metal on TV. That's a bad look, though. Yeah, I'm not opposed to smaller stadiums. I mean, I think you're in college. Smaller stadiums are cool. Um, you can have that kind of intimate, exclusive feeling. Um, but it's when program you're dependent, actively, man. When you're actively retracting seats, though, <laughs> I think that's a bad look. And I think there's an opportunity here. I want you to elaborate on that opportunity and what uh, Debbie Al said to you. Well, she didn't say anything to me. I, I just I tweeted at her. I'm like, hey, you know. And I, and I said, add 500 to 1,000 seats. But, I mean, it's like we were talking earlier. If you add 10, then you've got the narrative to spin. Hey, you're out recruiting. It's like, yeah, we're adding seats. That's where our program's going. They're taking 10,000 away. I mean, that's a big... That's a They gave us a recruiting tool right there. Even if we don't add seats, we can still use it. 
You know, we sell out add, games. Yeah. They're they're taking we, seats away. We were talking before before recording. You you add one seat, and all you you can say, "Hey, we're adding seats," and they're taking them away. I mean, that's there's you gotta you gotta know that the assistant coaches are going to be leveraging that. Yeah, you I mean, to Carolina, they just took ten thousand seats out of the stadium because nobody <laughs> shows up. They don't give a shit. And that goes right back Uh-oh. to them just waiting around for basketball. I mean, that's right. We we have to use that, and I think we are right. So. Any advantage? Uh, the reason I was bringing this up, though, is, is she was talking about the facility upgrade. Um, you want to mention that? Say what now? Debbie, yeah, was a response to you. I never saw there was a response. What? Yeah. Oh, that's why you want me to mention it. Hang on. I will pull it up. <laughs> so Dustin tags Debbie in uh, this tweet, and she responds... Just so you know, our next pro- football project will be updating our Murphy Sports Medicine Unit with the latest modalities, two and a half million. Um, somebody goes on, please do something about the east side. Carla Finley, no change in 50 years. And she says again, Wolfpack staff will undertake new projects as they can. All of us know the east side needs upgrades. Both that the staff and athletic department are still paying off other facility projects. It will happen eventually. So that she was, she responded to you that it's not happening this year, basically. <laughs> I I bet they go out and put a seat in. I will I will I will make that bet right now. They put one at least one seat in. I will build a wooden seat to give to them. Just to yeah, have that, right you know. now. <laughs> There's a seat somewhere that's going to go in. I'm almost sure of it. Just for the fact that we can say it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So. They're aware of it. They're expanding on different projects. They're up. They're going to work on the Murphy Center, which is what ten years old now. It's kind of surprising, but uh, anyway, miscellaneous stuff we got. Matt Canada out at LSU. Baffling, man. Is Canada Watch over? Uh, people want to know. I think Canada Watch now is. You know, where does he go next? I, I'm not going to cut the people short. They want to know. So, um, that that's a that's a disaster down there. It's a a problem from assistant coaches all the way to Joe Oliva, the AD there. Uh, yeah. If you're going to make him the highest paid coordinator in the country, you cannot fire him a year later. So there was... Their uh, offense was better. Yeah. There's some... My LSU friends were um, talking to me about, about that situation as soon as it started happening. And apparently... Ogeron didn't want to hire Canada, but Oliva basically forced his hand. And you know when that sort of happens, that's that's a recipe for disaster. And that's why we heard all those rumors about uh, Coach O having his hand in Canada's offense and you know all that fighting, infighting they were doing. So there's a little bit there's a little bit to that, um, you know, bad hire, bad. I don't say bad hire, but bad. Um, Bad fit. Bad fit. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, bad fit. I think there's got to be a little bit of ego involved. I mean, this is not the first time we've heard these things for about Matt Canada. And he's interviewed for a lot of, you know, secondary level head coaching jobs. Group of five, I guess. And not hadn't gotten one yet. I'm sure he'll find another job. Guy knows some offense, but he's not without his issues. Interesting. Though, People right? often have trouble interacting with geniuses. I mean, that that's <laughs> been the case for all of mankind, you know, for as far as we can look back. So I, I get it. Some people, he might just be too good for this world, and we just can't can't find a fit for him. You can empathize with that, right? I really can. They call me the prophet, <laughs> you know. Some other news: state footballs. I uh, got a commitment from. Southern Cal transfer, I think he's at a community college, but he was a USC commit at one point. Our tight end, Kerry Angeline, that'll help. Uh, he's more of a pass-catching back. We're not used to those guys. We're used to the the George Bryans or, I mean, pass-catching tight end. You know, we're used to the, the bigger blocking tight ends, but this guy will provide a little bit of different um, dynamic to the offense. It'll be interesting to see. He's coming in able to right away. He goes in that J-Sam role, man. Yeah, he does. Uh, a little bit more tight end-ish, but 
I know that'll make our friend of the program, James, happy. He's always screaming for the tight end to catch some balls. Um, but, you know, George Ryan, Colt Cook, I can't even remember who else we've had. Willie Wrights, you know, those kind of tight ends. Um, draft deadline, January 15th. Naheem Hines coming back. Take, take a guess. I would think so, yeah. I think he yeah. does himself a disservice if he doesn't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he comes back. There's no reason for him to go pro, especially with Finley coming back. Richardson, I think Richardson going is going pro. Uh, yeah, fantastic year. Yeah, I don't know that he gains much by staying, uh, as opposed to the Hines situation. Um, once yeah. you prove yourself as an O lineman, you can only go downhill from there. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd probably bolt if I were him. Yeah, and I think he does. I think if anybody uh, anybody goes early, it's going to be him. Um, interesting. We had a question about it, and I didn't pull it up. Um, what do you think Jalen McClendon does? I mean, he's he's here now. It doesn't make sense to leave after this many years. But he's graduated. He can well, go play immediately somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess he should leave. I didn't realize he had graduated, so... Um, he has graduated. Yeah, I don't. I would totally understand if he did leave. Yeah, he you know? he deserves a chance to play somewhere. You know. Sure. You know, I could see him going to something like a JMU or anywhere. Right. I think he's good enough. He was highly recruited out of high school. Uh, so if he left, I, I'd understand that. I don't think I want him to leave. I don't think you ever want a guy who's your backup quarterback to leave. You know, that's never good. Um. If he leaves, then Larry but, doesn't redshirt, which is an issue, I would think, right? Uh, probably. So, I'd rather... You know, I guess in theory he doesn't redshirt, but, you know, if Finley makes it to the year, O'Leary doesn't have to burn his redshirt, so to speak. And you can always redshirt farther down the line. Yeah, so I would still rather have a, a backup that we can get in to get a few snaps every once in a while in case something goes bad late in the season, though. So yeah, I I'm always into that, but we've never really done that. Tom O'Brien didn't do it. Dave Dorn hadn't really done it. So I don't know how realistic that is. Um, what else we got? Groomers. Groomers is no more. Groomers. John Gruden has a job with the Las Vegas Raiders. Ten million. Are you a Raiders fan for now. Ten years. <laughs> I mean, Not bad, right? I would have left too. <laughs> And groomers will be back because uh, Jeremy Pruitt will leave Tennessee after he wins the title there and go back to Alabama, and then then John will come home to Knoxville. So it's not <laughs> over yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to completely forget about Dabo over there in Clemson. He'll turn it down. Pruitt will leave Knoxville, go back, and then here comes Gruden riding in on the chariot. So it's just a matter of time. <laughs> Never give up hope. Never. Um, speaking of never giving up hope, uh, Panthers, Panthers fans, they fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, the hot name to replace him. I'm sure astute Wolfpack fans will loathe this name as much as I do, Norv Turner. Uh, all right, so Shula had to be fired. That that offense has been terrible for or since he got there. You know? So bad. Um, Norv Turner is yeah. probably not the answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would rather go back out and hire Chud. He's not doing anything. Or Chudzinski that left. He was the OC with the Panthers, left to take the head coaching job with the Browns, which was his biggest life mistake. Um, so he's just sitting out there doing nothing now. I, I would take him before Norv Turner. That's. I don't know. I, oh, Norv Turner is so bad. I, I think it would be better than everyone than we imagine. Um, you know, those Charger offenses were good. They just couldn't win a, a game because they're. I, I don't know. I, I single-handedly blame him for ruining Philip Rivers' best shot at Super Bowl. He took a fourteen and four team and made them six and eight or whatever the hell they were that year. I was so mad. Yeah. But I mean, in a coordinator role, it wouldn't be as bad. But he's he's close to seventy years old. I think he's up there. I don't get know. get some kid I, on the rise that's gonna, you know, bond with the the offense itself and 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 give that a shot. I just don't. They could do better. But Rivera likes people he's friendly with, so. Yeah, it's weird. NFL's so weird with their coaches, man. Um, but one other thing, I one random thought I had before we get mm-hmm. out of here. 
and I know a lot of state fans are just kind of the same way. I was sitting there watching the Panthers this weekend. I'm not necessarily a Panthers fan. I pull for them because all my friends do. But I pull for more of the state guys. I want state guys to do well. So, you know, Chargers fan, right? I wanted, for the longest time, he was the only state guy in the NFL that you could really follow. You know, so I pulled for the Chargers and Phil Rivers. But now we're getting a lot of guys in the NFL. I'm not sure who to pull for anymore. What am I? What am I gonna do? Man, you gotta pull for your team. You, you hope they do well, but you, you gotta pick a team and go with it. Uh, I, I don't I can't know, man. stand that. I, and I, I agree with you. I just don't know who to pick. I don't know what like who I'm gonna follow. I mean, I guess the Panthers because everybody else does, but I don't really it, care. It's got to be the state you were born or where you live now. I'm a firm believer in that. You you can hope those other teams do well, but there's no reason that you see a shit ton of Seahawks jerseys here now or hear a bunch of Seahawks fans just because Russell Wilson plays there. That's ridiculous. I just, and, and you can't say that it was just yeah. bandwagon stuff because, or, or yeah. that you're, it was only because of the players because people didn't go out and buy Mike Glenn and Tampa Bay buck jerseys. And he gave as much to the school, if not more than Russell Wilson did. So no, it's not the whole, you know, Oh, well I'm just supporting. No people want the Seahawks won. He was there. They jumped on the train. That train's derailed now, and I love it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'd rather I'd pick a team that that would suck, or you know, it's not not a front runner. I, and I pull for the Colts. I want Jacoby to win. I've been thinking about picking the Raiders just because they're going to be the Las Vegas Raiders, but I think that's too easy. Yeah, they're good too. They're they're a good coach away from from winning big. So, and they got they got the Messiah now. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's a good problem to have. State's putting a lot of guys in the NFL, so I get to pay attention to a lot of them. But I know there's a lot of state fans that do the same. You just get an NFL shield hat. Default. (laughs) (laughs) Legit, my favorite blanket from when I was growing up. It was the old school NFL, and there's 12 teams on it. That's tough. It's legit. Yeah, my three year old's got it now. Mm. (laughs) All right, that's all I got. We all over the place, but I have no idea how long this is. I don't really care. But anything else? No, I'm good. All right, folks. Stay warm, and we'll see you soon. Go back. Go back.